In what language is Swindle an octopus? That doesn't English. explain anything. What is it? An yeah, it octopus does. man? Sort of, but he hasn't got a body. He's like got the octopus. He's got like the body of an octopus and the head of a man. That... You've never heard of Scrunchy Man before? No, but no, that doesn't I've heard sound of scary. That sounds really stupid. Never yeah. heard of Scrunchy. <laughs> hey man, you be careful. You don't want him to haunt. What about what about like Chicken Wing Jackson? The hell's a Chicken Wing Jackson? Never heard of Chicken Wing Jackson. Is that right something now? from like up north or something? <laughs> <laughs> chicken Wing Jackson. No, hang on. Go back. Go back to the octopus man. What does he do? It just it doesn't. What do you mean? What does he do? Well, like Slenderman hangs out in forests and kills people. What what does this octopus dude do? He like stalks like doorsteps and kills people. Doorsteps. He's an octopus. He's half octopus. He's, but he's got the body of an octopus. octopus. He just got a face of a human. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm going to start what? the episode because I just, I just don't know. We'll, we'll discuss this later, Zaki. Put 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 a pin in that because uh... I'll, 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 we'll I'll find a link. I'll find a link. Yeah, please the find, the find link. a link and explain to me this chicken wing person as well. Chicken wing. But guys, whilst he's doing that homework, I'm just going to start the episode because we do not have time for chicken wings right now. So hello and we welcome to, to another episode of the. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Traveler with your hosts Ali, Zaki, and Zim. I'm sorry, Miss Chicken Wing Jackson. <laughs> This is a sh- this is a show all about looking past the constant flickering of our government's traffic light system around countries we can or can't travel to and head promptly over to the United Arab Emirates. This means a lot of sand dunes and camels for Zaki and me respectively and a lot of sand puns from Zaim. But before we get into any of that, let's go over our usual social connects. We're on Twitter at the LD Traveler, Facebook and Instagram at the Lockdown Traveller and our blog thelockdowntraveller.blogspot.com. So habibis, some facts, please. I'll take that one. That was a good. Also, why would you start with that traffic light? So why would you trigger me like that? There were a lot of things in the news with the government today uh, this know, week, I which I kind I went for the least offending one. Our traffic lights are fine in Canada. Oh, congratulations! Uh, yeah, good for well you. Done. We, we can now go to the Sandwich Islands. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Um... <laughs> Sorry, fact, facts, facts, please. Facts, mate. Supercars. Supercars. Police force. Nice. Strong, they, strong. I'm going to give you some facts of the police force there, specifically the cars, um, which you probably okay. know about. So those of you that don't know, uh, the way has a whole like fleet of supercars um, that polices their roads because obviously hypercars are around there. Uh, so they need to be able to keep the pace. And they have the world's fastest police car. Want to have a guess what it is? The aerial atom. I'm gonna say Bugatti. Bugatti. Ali, what air atom? The world's Wait, fastest have you police seen, car. Have you seen the acceleration off the that? line? What are you I mean, gonna do in an aerial atom? Like you're gonna ram someone. Spin out exactly. Like, yeah. Maybe, maybe not. Ra- yeah. So they got a Veyron. Uh, they have. I'll give you a, not the complete list, but a, a suite of cars. So they've got the Aston 177. They've got the Lycan High Sport. They've got a Veyron. They've got a Ferrari FF. They've got a Hummer H3, which I'm pretty sure is more Love for it. show than actually chasing stuff. They got an Aventador. They got Ali for You, an F Type, and a Eurus. Beautiful. They have an AMG GTR. They have a G63 Brabus. They have a bunch of McLarens 570S, 650S, MP412C. They have a Nissan GTR for me. They have a Porsche 918. They have a Wraith. <laughs> and for Zaim, I picked these three especially for you. They have an Audi R8. They have a BMW nice. i8. And they have a Pagani Huayra. That's that's top of the list, bro. Kind of Pagani. Right. Yeah. All right. See, they got the Huayra police car, and they'll also have a Cybertruck when it comes out, and they have eco-friendly cars on their Knife Street. I kind of laughed at that because it's like eco-friendly, but a G63 like Brabus. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Okay. Uh, and and even cooler than that was they might think this is cooler than that. They have hover surfs, which interesting. I like drones, but for you to sit on again. 
you're not going to be like using any of these vehicles because if I'm if I'm a police officer and I'm driving, you know, like a Pagani, mm. I would not want any scratches on that car. But it's not you. I mean, you're not. No, no. I mean, yeah, no, you do make. Yeah, and it, I'm and not going to like the, ram funded into by the government, yeah. so yeah, nobody cares. Yeah. Still, yeah. but no, it's still, you got, yeah, like yeah, exactly. Not, not, yeah, that, like an 800k beautiful. No, no, but, but yeah, you have, have to rem- you have to remember the landscape is these are the people who throw away cars, supercars, Enzo, Ferraris yeah. in the desert because you allow. I'll just buy another one rather than park it properly. So was it you who told me about a story about a guy you knew who who had an Enzo? And it ran out of petrol, so he left it in the desert. He left it in the desert. Yeah, yeah. That was one of my friends from from Saudi. Um, yeah, he just he drove it, and it was a convoy of him, his cousin, who had the at the time what was it the the um, Maserati GT. Nice. And they were just driving it around, and it ran out of petrol. And he literally said that my driver will come pick it up, and he forgot to tell his driver, and he just lost it. <laughs> and his just dad bought him the what's what's the other one after that? The, um, a forty, a fifty. He bought the, or no, the, it was a slightly cheaper one, the Maranello, uh, one of those ones, the 360 Spider. Oh, like an Spider, or something. Something like that, yeah, and he bought okay. that instead. And wow. I was like, okay. And yeah, again, one, one of my friends, he, his dad bought a Aston DB9 in gold and an Aston DB9 in silver because he couldn't decide which colour he preferred. So one's a winter car, one's a summer car. So yeah, uh, I love I love that we're yeah. starting with supercars. Starting with supercars. Oh. Yeah. Can I move us on to another rich hobby, almost? Um, so my fact is around uh, gold and the fact that, you know, so Arab, Middle East, all of that, gold is quite strong. There is now a vending machine uh, in a hotel in Abu Dhabi where you can dispense uh, gold bullions from this ATM. But why would you need gold in a You never know, man. It comes in handy. I asked that question onto the internet and the internet said that um, people would like to see investments of stuff which they can physically see and touch uh, almost instantly. So converting cash to gold is a really safe investment. I was like, have you walked around with a gold bullion around Peckham? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I can yeah. assure you, it is not a safe investment. It's not particularly safe. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it comes in bars weighing one gram, five grams, ten grams, and more. And it's got gold, specific gold coins which have originated from Canada, Australia, and South Africa. And if you pay more than, what is it, thousand um, pounds for one of the bricks, it comes in a nice little gift box as well, which you can oh, pass on nice. to your nearest oh, and dearest. Yeah. So. Very nice. Cool. I mean, we've set, I've set up the scene and platform for you now, Zane. Supercars, yeah, gold. Supercars, you... gold. So, I'm not a meteorologist, right? But I can confidently say that deserts are pretty dry. And yes. the UAE is one of the driest countries on Earth, and that makes it very, very difficult to deal with agriculture and growing crops. Yes. And so what they did to deal with this situation is a thing called cloud seeding, which is where you force a cloud to produce more rain than it normally would. And I read about this yesterday, and I did not understand it, but here's how it works. A bunch of meteorologists sit around... Sorry, 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 before you do that, can we do the science jingle? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the science segment. Yeah, a bunch of meteorologists sit around and look at clouds that can be seeded, and when they find a good-looking cloud, they fly a plane into it and start shooting out these tiny little flares of chemical salt. The salt uh, attracts moisture in the clouds and condenses it to become droplets, and then that forces the cloud to sort of rain. When they find a good-looking cloud, they <laughs> yeah, fly like, a plate into it. Essentially, yeah. That like, is your that's science. A, that's, a, that's a good-looking cloud. Wow. Get, 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 get the plane ready. 
Starting with a couple of meteorologists meteorologists just sit around <laughs> till they see a good looking cloud. I mean that is essentially what they do and the only issue is that they can't quite tell if it's successful because you don't know how much it would have rained if you hadn't flown a plane into a cloud, right? So you got nothing to compare it to. Um but on the other hand, I did read an article that linked cloud seeding to like excessive flooding in the region. So maybe it works. Uh but what what they've started doing now is they have drones that fly into the clouds and do electric shocks, like okay, uh, Ghost Recon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, that doesn't quite tie into the same thing of, like, you know, the, the gold and the... I mean, the, 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 the government paid a lot of money for this kind of stuff to make, you know, make it rain. So that's kind of related to I mean, yeah, go, you know, fair, fair enough. You know what, fair yeah. enough, yeah, go, I'll give them that. Um, that. but, <laughs> that's brilliant. Do you know another thing which the uh, government um, paid a lot for and also lives in the sky but doesn't necessarily fly uh, through clouds? What is this? Is this like the Hobbit riddles? <laughs> what is this? What? <laughs> that's what it sounded like. <laughs> what is it got? It's fucking... Um, it, yeah, this thing definitely does not have pockets. Um, so I am going to talk about the Abu Dhabi Falcon Hospital. Oh, before before you do that. Sorry, before you do that, can I just quickly do some random info, tourist info? Yes, you can, absolutely. Very quickly. Um, if, if it's just... more important than the Falcon Hospital. <laughs> well, it you might not get the It probably hospital. will be. It, okay, it, go, it, on, yeah, go just on, Very, very quickly, uh, general points to consider if you are going to go. Uh, modest clothing in public areas, not like anything like a uh, full well, thing. that's great advice. Wear clothes. No, no, Thanks. modest, modest clothes. clothes. It is important because you can get into trouble. So your shoulders and knees should be covered if you're in a public area, right? Yeah, see, I can hear you scribbling down notes, so it's good fact. This <laughs> is good like, advice. Yeah, mate, got to wear clothes <laughs> today. Um, hotels are the only licensed places for alcohol. You will not find that anywhere else. So just something to consider. Public displays mm-hmm. of affection are also considered offensive. So again, try and avoid it if you can, or I would say endeavor to avoid it because it can be perceived as rude. Hostels are illegal, so stay away from them. Um, if you're trying to book them, stay clear. And if you're going there and you're for over 21, you can rent a car, which is probably the best way to see the place. Parking is free pretty much everywhere. Petrol is super cheap. And it's uh, you can rent a car for like 20 quid or 30 US dollars for a day. So that's probably a good way to, to have a look at it. So yeah, there you go. Some random tourist info. Back to Ali for Falcons. Yeah, that, that, that's actually really good advice. Um, this should be a standard thing now, actually, in our podcasts. Actually giving Actual advice. advice. What, yeah, 25 episodes in? Let's I think we've done it for the last useful. last five. That's actually a really good idea. Let's have a segment for for good advice. Oh, we've um, done that. That that's what I've been doing for the last okay. <laughs> four episodes. Yeah, more than that, man. Come on. But you, yeah. What was I? Oh, yes, Falcons. Let's do good tourist info. Yeah. Falcons. Falcons. So if you go to uh, Abu Dhabi, uh, you will come across a Falcon Hospital. Now, this is the first of its kind in the world, which the government backed and the environmental agency decided that they need a place for Falcons to come and stock and um, be taken care of. And the reason why Falcons are such a big deal is because Falcons used to be the bird of choice when people used to live in the desert. So Bedouins used to use them to go and hunt other animals, which they would Hmm. use to make uh, shawarmas out of, um, including a bird called a bustard. Um, which, I mean, just Google that. It's a very funny I'm not Googling bird. that, mate. Mate, just Google a busted. It's funny. Yeah, if um, you're northern, then it's going to sound different. Yeah, exactly. It might be, it yeah. might be, but it's, it, it's the weirdest looking animal, and uh, they used to be quite um, a big deal back in the day, but I think they're mostly extinct now, so falcons aren't doing that. Now they're more of a, a cultural heritage thing, so a lot of people do own falcons. If you do own a falcon, you have to have a falcon passport, 
which is issued to that falcon, and it needs to wow. travel with it. Yeah, that's not a weird looking animal. That's a cool looking animal. What are you talking about? Hey, look no, at it's, it's like neck. It's awesome. Look at that is... neck, bro. Yeah. <laughs> that's like a shy turkey. It's like a turkey, but it's almost got like a quiver of arrows in its in the back. But can you imagine a falcon can take that thing down? Yeah, it's pretty impressive. That is I mean, that's, that's pretty cool. So yeah, this this is a place where you can go and visit. Obviously, you um, don't gawk at them because they are patients who are recovering. Wow. Um, but How often do they get injured that they need an entire hospital? Yeah. Well, apparently they treat about 11,000 falcons each year. What? I have no idea why. Most of them are just general veterinary services or health examinations or endoscopy procedures or surgical services. But you say just. That's quite a bit. Yeah, I feel a, like there's yeah. some underground falcon fight club. Yeah. I mean, sometimes they do some proper stuff like talon or beak coping. They apply tail mounts. They, impl- uh, they imping feathers. They uh, apply um, artificial beaks to them. This is starting to sound a lot more like Pimp My Falcon. <laughs> Honestly, I'm not joking. And you know when you're like, well, I'm not, where's my falcon? Where's my falcon? You can actually install a passive integrated transponder microchip what? into them. And then you can just check it on where's my phone? Where's my falcon type thing? Yeah, I have that about four times a day, actually. I sit there thinking, man, where's my falcon at? Where's my falcon? I have yeah. had that. Um, I have had that. And sometimes you can just see the falcons. And I shouldn't laugh, but in sitting in an air conditioned room waiting for their um, appointment <laughs> with minor uh, bandages on their wow. <laughs> on their wings that's kind of cute <laughs> that is yeah, exactly. cute um, yeah and then they've got a slightly smaller room which is um, uh, almost like the isolation ward where be- falcons can go and sit if they've got falcon pox falcon, um, are you serious is that a thing yeah that's a thing so they, they have to quarantine them so uh, no yeah way. So yeah, you can go and see that, and um, there's a lot of falcons there. Is that a tourist attraction, though, Ali? Can you just walk in and be like... like it's like can... walking into a hospital. It's not exactly... Yeah, so, I mean, I don't know where your ethics lie, because I, I feel a bit uncomfortable gawking at people in the NHS, but with falcons wearing little bandages, I kind of want to go see that. So I mean, it does sound kind of... Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, we'll probably a... put Zane forward and say he's got a falcon pet or something, and he's lost We'll just dress it. him I mean, up as a falcon. Work. Even better, yeah. yeah. So you can make the noises, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then which is going to be Captain America. <laughs> uh, very good. Very good. Right. You want to hear something else that's good? Please. Yes. When falcons aren't in hospital, they relax in trees. Mm-hmm. And my next attraction is a tree. These <laughs> um, don't get better, do they? Not really. So I thought I'd try and do what Zucky does and talk about some supernatural, you know, creepy stuff. Oh my and god. This is a first. I'm excited now. The best I could come up with was a bunch of haunted golf trees. And okay. the more I researched them, the less supernatural they became, because there's apparently a pretty simple reason why these trees freak people out. Okay. Um, no, no, so at least at least pretend to be like... Yeah, yeah, you know, build it Give up us the scene. Bit. Build it up a little. Come on, let's hear it. All right, this let me give you audition. a bit of background on the tree then. So the golf tree is an evergreen tree that can withstand super harsh weather conditions, and it can live for like 120 years without needing much maintenance. There's a saying that says, Death will not visit a man, even at the time of famine, if he has a raf, a goat, and a camel, because these three together will sustain a man, even under the most trying conditions. What, water? No, mate, yeah, you got a tree. A big deal. Okay. Um, basically, the trees are a big deal, and the raf tree is like the national tree of the UAE, because it's so culturally significant. Yep. Now that you've got a bit of context, let's talk about these six haunted half trees. Okay, okay. Okay, now, getting into this whole ooh, creepy stuff. Okay, so, there's a place in the Alberta region of the bay where six half trees have been fenced off from the public. Okay, creepy. They're on a bit of a hill, so you can sort of see them peeking over the wall, but right. you're not allowed to go near them. 
and the locals say that you can hear whispers as you walk past or you hear children crying and you know there are rumors that these trees grow on an ancient burial ground okay and that they're somehow Strong. connected to the ghost of a headless merchant Ooh, you know why, why he's headless or what he's selling i have no idea um but there are stories that anyone who tries to cut these trees down gets cursed or killed interesting a construction company tried to cut the trees down but the blades kept bouncing off the tree trunks uh, so they just gave up and went home and since then the company suffered loss after loss after loss and good. then it's shut down don't say good we can't cut it guys oh, let's just go home i mean yeah it's, it's good work ethic um there's, <laughs> there's another story right about this dude who crashed his car into one of these trees and completely wrecked it but the tree had zero damage. Yeah, but that's that's like every... Have you ever seen any that's, car yeah, hit a right? tree And ever? he could be driving like a Hyundai or something. No, no, any, any car. Like hitting they a also say like the last thing he saw was an evil spirit grinning at him as it took his life. And so his rearview mirror. Again, like if, if the dude's dead, how do we know what he's looking at? Yeah. Right? Like there's a page in the book like, Dear Diary, an evil spirit is killing me. <laughs> kind regards. Whatever. Yeah. But same, but when Zucky, Zucky talks about this stuff, he kind of, like, he takes that and he doesn't provide the ongoing commentary like you. Like, oh, well, if it was his last death, how do you see what... He builds what, on it. He builds the story. Are, that's what the rest of us are for. You're supposed oh. to back the creepiness, not... I know. <laughs> not for... Anyway, same. Please, continue. Anyway, basically, I just did, like, a, a quick Google, um, and it turns <laughs> out that the half trees are... Um, they release a lot of carbon dioxide at night, more than any other tree in the region. Okay. And that kind of explains the hallucinations and fear factor people have when they walk past. Um, yeah, so not super creepy, but still worth visiting, I reckon. I mean, they kind of they look kind of interesting. Don't trees absorb carbon dioxide and release oxygen, do, though? Yeah. Apparently, these ones push out carbon dioxide at night. Why are they still alive? Yeah, that's interesting. What do you mean, what? Do you mean, like... Like, Did you mean how, point, not why? The, no, why? The whole point of trees is to reduce carbon and climate wow. change and all that stuff. So if they're stealing our oxygen, let's take them down. Well, if you take them down, they're not going to die. Mate, one construction company. Like, they're, they're do you have okay, to, okay, okay. What is this? It's, 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 it's supernatural. It's scary. You're supernatural. You're trees scary. Trees that grow. You're a tree that grows. It's not really scary. Ooh. You could have made it scary, but you didn't. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, Okay, let me show you how it's done. <clears throat> so, tree, mate. Anyone? So I'm going to talk about <laughs> Jabal Hafid. Do you want to have a guess what it is? Anyone guess what Already it is? strong. Already strong. See? Jabal Hafid. That's mountain something. Mountain something. Okay, Eddie, you want to have a guess? Yeah, I was going to say mountain something as well. Wow. <laughs> uh, it's tombs. It's a cemetery. So, it's actually a cemetery dating back to an ancient burial ground uh, about 5,000 years ago. So, Ali, you might remember this. Uh, so, it's in the region of the Jebel Hafid mountain. Well done, gentlemen. And the local inhabitants of the region chose this area for a series of tombs. When I say series, more like hundreds. In fact, oh, wow. over 500 of these tombs sit at the foot of this mountain. What? And the tombs themselves are sort of igloo-shaped. They're kind of like two or three meters across, and they have this sort of ringed, uh, these kind of ringed balls around them, like three or four meters high, and some of the times they have one ring, two or three, and then they have domes which cover this entire mound, and the, and the entrance usually faces south, which is interesting. I didn't really find out a lot about why, but they have all the entrances facing south, and they can, like, some of them contain, like, two to five bodies, but actually, 
some of them still contain skeletal remains from over 5,000 years ago, which is just insane. That's, that's right? mad, yeah. That's crazy. Um, so the bit that I actually found more interesting, and I guess this is more of a historical aspect rather than a creepy aspect, but I found interesting that in, inside the tombs, they actually found artifacts such as like beads, pottery, spearheads, daggers, um, kind of bronze and copper objects, and that shows links, like trade links between this civilization and Mesopotamia, which is Iraq now, Iran and the Indus Valley, which is sort of Pakistan, India, which is pretty cool. Okay. Like this, this ancient civilization had some sort of trade network to places that were quite close by. Like the fact, considering how far out it is. Um, Interesting. But anyway, yeah. you can visit this entire area. Uh, in normally go in the daylight to visit all of these tombs at the foot of the mountains. It's quite creepy because you have to go through a whole sequence of different kind of off-road terrain, and you get to the mountain, and all of these are just scattered around, completely silent. Hmm. So you can go visit that. They're approximately like 20 kilometers south of the city of Alain, so you can get there by road. You need a decent mm-hmm. 4x4, not the Salika, unfortunately. And it's a dirt road leading up from Mesa Oman border fort. You follow some kind of like a path through, go over some rocky terrain, and there's like a tomb. The tombs are just all scattered right ahead. Bear in mind, you can't like, you know, touch them, sorry, Ellie, or enter them um, when you arrive, but it has That's a true. very kind of unique historical, but also very creepy vibe to it. And it also, just kind of going on from that, it also forms part of the Jabal Hafid kind of desert park. And that's a UNESCO World Heritage Site, which you can just explore the entire sort of desert region at your leisure. So you can go like camel riding, horse riding, dune buggying, bike riding. You can even go night camping in the area. And they offer different options. So like you can go basic camping, which is just by yourself, like in a tent and you bring your own equipment. You can go in like a fully serviced sort of Bedouin camping tent. They do that. So you can go and experience that one. And they also do this like full-blown Monopoly Man version, which is like a five-star furnished tent with complete with like aircon and all that kind of stuff. If you're of that ilk, but yeah, it's it's all in that entire kind of region. And the best best part about it, it ranges from about ten dinars, which is about two quid or three US dollars for adults for entry, and yeah. kids under twelve got half the price. Oh, oh. disgrace! Um, One of these days, we're going to talk about this properly. No, we're not, because we'll, that'll be the you final episode. You every episode. You do you have some it okay, so. my fun fact next week is going to be one out attraction which does not do this discrimination. <laughs> anyway, discrimination. sorry. But yes, so, yeah, Haunted Tombs, um, you can go visit, and you can also go to the, the desert park to do a whole range of crazy activities and camping under the night sky in the hope that you don't come across the souls of one of these inhabitants. See, right. that there, there, no, no, hang on. There are trees in this desert as well, yes? No. Oh, <laughs> never mind. <laughs> never mind. Yeah. See, that's how you, that's how you do it. That, 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 that's, that's a strong, strong segment right there. Not, not, uh, oh, well, you know, the, the, it could have been, well, it could have been a rock or a tomb, you know. Actually, uh, there weren't people there. It's just grass. Yeah. Hey, man, yeah. if we're doing a science segment, then I have to, I have a duty to our listeners to give them all the facts. No, the science segment no, the was science just segment the cloud was clouds. Yeah, we did a terrible a job segment. at that. It's related. That was the horror segment. Oh god, um, Lucky, where did you say this this um, tomb thing was? In Abu Dhabi. In, in Abu Dhabi. Ayin. 
Okay, that's really interesting because I actually had something which was... I didn't think it would be related, but now that you've explained all of that, I'm kind of going, okay, I think we've just cracked a code here because mm-hmm. um, I wanted to talk about a village which was just discovered um, in, in Abu Dhabi uh, by archaeologists and they've realized that, that this this uh, this village is one of the oldest villages found in the UAE um, and it dates back, to get this, back to the New Stone Age, so 8,000 years ago, so... What? Um, yours was 5,000 years ago tombs, right? This yes. Is even yeah, older yeah. than that. So, wow. Um, but what's really interesting is I'm just looking at the recreations and the the artifacts and what they're predicting is what it looked like were a settlement with domes, um, domed houses, um, or I suppose they're like igloo type things, but without the little so front. So it's kind of similar. Very similar to that. But they, for some reason, they keep emphasizing the point that the um, the doors are always point to the north. Oh, oh so that's very opposite. interesting. So that's interesting because your one, you said south, right? Yeah, they're all pointing yeah, so, south. Yeah. So these ones, for some reason, everything else is like, oh yeah, they consist several rooms. They have outdoor space for animals and for preparation of food. But they, all of them, in, except one, um, which you know could could have been a tomb, are that these houses are all grouped together, but they all point north. Um, so the doors are at north, and they are very similar in design and construction. So do they? Oh. Is that in like where exactly is that located? Is it so north this of this is... area? Or near the mountains? It is in. It's on an island. Um, e, uh, where's the island? I just read it somewhere. Marwa Island. So okay. it's kind of near the mountain line, but it's it's it, at the time it wasn't an island. It yeah. was um, hmm. yeah, now now it yeah. is. Um, but yeah. But what what's interesting is that the the people who found it. So uh, Muhammad Khalifa Al Mubarak, who is one of the cultural chairmen of Abu Dhabi, he his team kind of found it, and they said this is one of the early inhabitants of Abu Dhabi. And more importantly, he believes that this is the first evidence um, of people settling. So before it was nomads and Bedouins mm-hmm. who used to travel mm-hmm. across the desert. This is their first example of them settling, building something, and then cultivating harvest and crops and stuff. And just like Zaki, you were saying, this was bang on a um, along a super highway which connected the Mesopotamians and other neighbors as well. So they're saying that's that really interesting. interesting. Yeah. So the inhabitants of Marba realized that the Gulf was an ancient superhighway and they decided to settle here and they developed sophisticated shipping technology to conduct trade and business to become an early maritime trading power. Ah. Um, so all of this sounds really good until that last sentence, which is, the importance of this trade has been revealed by the treasure trove of artifacts. You're like, okay, this is exciting. Right. That's yeah, all yeah. good stuff. What yeah. do they do to represent all of this in a museum? One broken ceramic jar is now on display at the Louvre Museum in Abu Dhabi, and this is the earliest example of trade jars found in the UAE. That's it. What else is there? That's it. They literally took one jar from this place and stuck stuck it in a museum to emphasize it. But just looking at the pictures, look. I mean, I don't think you can go to this one. Um, it's still being explored, but they only discovered it um, about a year ago. Yeah, literally two minutes ago, yeah. a year ago. But it's very, very similar to your That's um, your tombs. Interesting. Yeah, that does oh. actually tie things together a little bit. That's very interesting. Yeah, I'm really curious about why some of the doors are facing north and some are facing south. It yeah, must be something about livelihood is north and like death is south or something like that. Because why would you have your tombs all facing south? It seems a bit weird. Yeah, unless it's something like you did with spirit, like spirits leaving in a certain direction, or, yeah, or maybe yeah. it's something. Maybe it's linked to the mountains or something. Maybe I don't know. But yeah, that's curious. Yeah. What I like about this is is that we've ganged up on the same, destroyed his trees. You provided the creepiness, I provided the history, and it's all like gelled together into this beautiful, well, who who knows kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I back to you, Zay. I provided science. <laughs> in the cloud section. We live okay, in the cloud section. Forget the clouds. Let me talk about <laughs> an elephant clock. 
Which an is again science. <laughs> okay, is it? Okay, okay. It? Yeah, okay. So my attraction is a very, very complicated device that was invented by Al Jazeera. Wait, 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 wait. You know the rules, then you have to link it. You can't yeah, just you say to, elephant clock. It. You have to link it. You know the <laughs> you rules. Have to link it. All right. Well, um, both of you talked about tombs and death. And, yes. You know, time is running out, and if you want to keep track of time, <laughs> you need a clock. <laughs> very good. That's very good. Yeah, okay. death is coming, and you need a clock to know when. So, death is coming, the lockdown traveler is in. Yeah, <laughs> Can we get elephants, our elephants always remember. They never forget. Okay. Okay. So, super complicated device invented by Al Jazeera, or Al Jazari, who's a brilliant um, Turkish inventor in the Middle Ages. Mm-hmm. And he wrote a book on engineering, which Zaki might have read. It's called The Book of Knowledge of Ingenious Mechanical Devices. Sounds cool. like it already. So he basically described 50 different mechanical uh, devices, including water clocks, uh, robots, automatic gates, uh, water lifting machines, and the sorry. most famous thing... Sorry, water yes. clocks? Yes. So that, that is the most famous invention he's got, which is an elephant clock. What, so more than a robot? More than a robot, yeah. So this thing is like a 22-foot-high water clock that okay. represents wow. a bunch of different Islamic cultures. Okay. I... I'm going to really, really butcher the explanation here right now. So I, I'd recommend Can't wait for this stop now. the podcast, Can't wait for this now. Google so this, excited. and then follow along. Because uh, it's basically, it's an Indian elephant carrying a canopy, right? And on top of the canopy is like a mini castle. And it features mechanical Arab men, a Persian carpet, Chinese dragons, and an Egyptian phoenix sort of chilling on a dome right. right at the top of this canopy thing. Um, so it's got a blend of all these different cultures related to Islam. And how, how the actual clock works is that inside the elephant's body is sort of like a reservoir or a tank, mm-hmm. and there's a bowl in the middle. And that bowl slowly fills with water, and as it sinks, it pulls on a number of strings throughout this um, device, and that triggers a chain reaction from the top of the clock. So that means, like, the falcon shoots a ball into the throat of the dragon, which then sort of swings around to throw that ball onto a symbol to indicate that, you know, 30 minutes or an hour or whatever have passed. Right. And then at the same time, the mechanical men start moving around as well. So one of them is sitting on the elephant's head, and he's got, like, an axe and a mallet, And he sort of smashes that onto the elephant's head, which is made out of copper. So you get another sort of visual and sort of audio um, reminder, you know, time has passed. And there's just so much stuff happening. But yeah, very bad explanation. But definitely look at the pictures. I'm looking at the picture. I think you nailed it. I think you actually explained it extremely well. Yeah, that's quite cool, man. Yeah, so this thing is like a mechanical masterpiece. And it was made years and years and years and years ago. And so the attraction that I want to talk about is a recreation of this clock that took five months to build using diagrams from an original 13th century manuscript. Is it bad that when you were explaining that I was thinking mousetrap? <laughs> yeah, 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 I, <laughs> you know, I know what you mean. The advert where it's like the ball drops and it rolls and the, the thing, yeah. It's essentially, it's a very complicated mousetrap type yeah. game or like a Rube, was it? Rube Goldberg machine yeah yeah but okay um, so yeah the reconstruction with the, with the old yeah so script. it took five months to build that and it's found in the Ibn Battuta mall in Dubai and it looks brilliant because it is massive and it actually works properly that's pretty cool man you know what I, Ali I think we've got to give it to him I think we've yeah got that, to that, that, do you know what that you redeemed yourself cool. that was that was pretty good and like this this mall itself is pretty cool because it's the it's the largest themed shopping mall in Dubai so it's got 400 shops 
and the entire architecture is um, inspired by the way stations of 14th century Moroccan explorer Ibn Battuta. So you've got um, six different courts, one for China, one for Persia, Egypt, oh, India, okay. Tunisia, Andalusia, um, and they all go like different architecture, different themes, and they all kind of link together throughout this. So you can explore the entire mall and get a history lesson while you're there. Okay. That's very cool. That's For a second cool. there, I thought you were going to end on the shopping center, and I was like, don't do that. But then you redeemed it again, so that was like yeah, redemption in the redemption. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He nailed, yeah, he's doing well today, well mate. Well done. Yeah, well done. Nice. Excellent stuff. Is it? Is it like a weird thought that I had that when he said over 400 shops, I was like, I don't think there are 400 shops in... in like Corby. Cor- Corby, mate. Like, I was thinking, like, that's probably bigger than this entire town. <laughs> you have one coffee shop in one... Corby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and even that is closed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, speaking of that, sorry, Zucky. I um, I was going to get, me and Zay were trying to get you, like, a, a cheesecake for your birthday. And then we Googled what we could deliver to your house. <laughs> there was one from a petrol, <laughs> one from a petrol station. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to just go with it. And one from, oh, like, a random diner. And we called up the diner. I was like, hey, is it vegetarian? He goes, nah, it's vegan. I was like, okay, but does it taste good? He's like, well, to be honest, mate, it tastes a bit like cardboard. I was like, wow. At least I appreciate <laughs> the, the honesty. Guy. Yeah, fair. <laughs> you see, honest, mate. Honest folk. Honest he was very folk. honest. I was like, okay, thanks. Bye. <laughs> we need to do a Tales from the Village segment, don't we? <laughs> yeah, I know. Oh, that's I funny. Know. But yeah, no, nice ones. Yeah, that was good. I like that. I think that might be, you know, the, was it Uzbekistan? We did the planetary one where you had the, hmm. Sweden. Yeah. Was, it, was it Sweden or Uzbekistan? That one? Sweden, the plan- Sweden the was planetary. Um, Uzbekistan was the telescope. The telescope. Um, yeah, that's kind of in that thing. That's cool. And I'd like to read his book, actually, the engineering one. That sounds pretty cool. Um, very good. Okay. You mentioned, you mentioned malls and you mentioned water. Mm-hmm. Water clock. A creek has water in it. Speaking yes. of creeks. Wow. Okay. Yes. Hannah, what do you by... mean, okay? You slated my <laughs> Yeah, because you always... No, we transition, no, but, and but you're now like, oh, water. But, but Zucky showed his working. Yeah, I, exactly. That's the difference. You get your, you've get you never taken a maths exam, mate. You get points for showing you're working out, even if your answer wow. is wrong. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, I see how it is. We we praised your transition. <laughs> we know. literally said, well done, Zane. That was a great transition. Very sarcastic. No, well it was done. a genuine... Well okay, all right. I'm going to talk about the Bay Creek. So, yes. it's a creek. That's it. All right. Ali, back to you. Uh, yeah. No, back to you. <laughs> uh, and it, it divides the city of Dubai into two different sections, one being Deira and one being Bur Dubai. And actually along this creek, members of what was known as the Baniyas tribe first settled here around the 19th century. So, Ali, you were about in uni then. And <laughs> they established what's known as the Al Maktoum Dynasty, 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 which is actually the the kind of ruling family over the bay now. So their kind of heritage is from that same kind of tribe of people, hmm. and it became a, a sort of port for trade all the way from like India and East Africa, and was apparently kind of the one of the significant points for establishing the pearl sort of industry and economy in the bay, as well as the fishing and kind of expansion of trade and merchandise. So it's pretty significant hmm. in terms of like the development of yeah. um, the bay, but also like the UAE in general. And it's like jam packed with a whole host of attractions. So jam packed. Why do people say jam packed? Because jam isn't packed. I mean, it's I kind of when, packed. When you're making jam, you kind of like jam it down there. No, but it's more down there. But it's more like <laughs> it's more like spread. It's more like <laughs> what you do with jam. No, it's more like spread. You, like I've never heard being like that's a proper. No, no, but I mean, it's like when you take the actual fruit and you jam it in the jar, and oh, then like it the kind presser, of shrinks. That kind of thing. It, yeah, the press... Uh, yeah, that guy. Yeah. I, hate, I hate you for that, because I can never unhear that in the advert now. <laughs> like, she does say... She does say... Yeah, yeah, no, she does say, like, 
Priscilla. Yeah, she does. She does, yeah. yeah. We will look at the blog post. We will add that video link just for you. We will, yeah, it is. But yeah, jam-packed. Um, so I want to give you a quick look, kind of like uh, points and some of the stuff you can see in this area. So first of all, the thing is you can go on Abra rides, which are... Abra? Uh, Pokemon? No, it's a ride which you can explore the creek via the traditional boats, which are called Abras. And it costs like 20p or like 30 cents for a ride, like US cents for a ride. Nice. And they're, they're like, you know, the not this isn't going to be a good example, but you know, like in Assassin's Creed Revelations, where you can go on the boats, which are like the Venetian style. Mm-hmm. Like a canoe type thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a canoe sort of, yeah, it's that sort of thing. And hmm. they can hold about 20 passengers each, some of them. And it's oh, about massive. five minutes. But the cool thing is you can taxi, they're sort of like water taxis which you can take all the way around the creek, and it drops you off and takes you from loads of different locations. It's like a novel experience, but also something that has a legitimate, like, useful function. You can go, you can take it from, I think the best place to get on is the Fahidi neighborhood, which then you can go and take to the markets and souks and stuff like that. Okay, okay. And also, while we're on kind of like boats, there's a very signature thing where you can have, like, a dinner on the water on the signature boat known as J.A. Batu which is like apparently a French created boat, which is like a, it's like a, it's like a small, not a small boat. It's like, you know, the ones which are open with like all glass covered and they've got dining restaurants and stuff inside. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like yeah, one yeah, of those yeah. where you can actually have, it's like a four course meal or something and you get a two and a half hour boat tour along the river while you're doing it. Sounds fancy. Very nice. So that's one thing you can do. There's also Zabel Park, which contains a 150 meter high sky glass bridge which you can walk across. It's got a clear glass, though, on the floor. Oh, so, God. Ali, yeah, I was going to say... Definitely maybe, taking Ali to that. Yeah, I was going to say, Ali, we'll take you to that just after we visit yeah, the Butterfly yeah. Museum. Um, yeah. And they do have a Butterfly Museum, so which is amazing. They do, so there you go. Of course they do. Um, but yes, so you can you can have a check that out. But if you're kind of, yeah, like we said, it's, if you're a bit... Um, not like you know vertigo wise or whatever maybe avoid it but you can still enjoy the rest of the park and stuff and then they've got the gold and yacht club the gold the golf and yacht club which has an amazing golf course not like us happy gilmore mugs but if you're actually decent (laughs) at golf you can check that out it has a park i think it's called creek park which is for nature lovers very creative sit back go go. hey man it is what it is it's better than arthur's seat right uh, yeah, yeah exactly. no, okay fair fair yeah, right um <laughs> so nature lovers you can hire a bike sit back enjoy the breeze they have a kids city where you have a planetarium a science gallery you can do space exploration for kids if it's a kids city surely they should pay full price then i think it's i think they do but it's super Good. cheap well oh. adults aren't like you can't just be like a bloke yeah <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're cheap it's super cheap but it's apparently so it's like exceptionally good for kids to just explore and have, have fun in fair, fair, fair. they have the hindi lane which is an indian city full of color great photographers they've got the museum of illusions the dubai museum the sheikh Mohammed center for cultural understanding where you can go and get like just general more info on ua heritage and they have dinners and coffee and all that kind of stuff mm. and a whole bunch of other malls restaurants they've got sky lounge i just saw pictures of everything lounge. I think I was looking at the one that it reminded me of the one in Denmark. It has like like fire pits inside on the rooftop. Oh, very nice, very nice. That sounds creek. awesome. Um, and yeah, just literally anything that you want, you can find on that creek. So check it out. The first link that we'll put on the blog will basically give you more detail on all the stuff I've talked about. But yeah, it's just a it's just an important place, kind of like from the culture side of things. And you can just do anything that you can think of pretty much there. So definitely check it out. Good stuff. That sounds really good, and that's very comprehensive as well. That's yeah, nice. it has everything. Even has everything. What I like about it, though, is like even if you didn't want to do any of that and just wanted to stroll past the creek, you could still do that and enjoy the sights and even just like wander into a souk. Hmm. Hmm. You've got a lot of freedom. Yes. Very yeah. nice. Okay. Right. 
Uh, that I mean, that I, sh- I probably should have gone first actually, because that 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 tops pretty much what I was going to talk about now. But I'm going to try and talk about it regardless. Um, okay. So <clears throat> you talked about what was it? Creeks, shops. I gave you a lot. There, everything. Yeah, I you gave, gave you a lot. lot. Okay, okay, okay. I gave okay. you pretty much er- any link you could possibly fathom. Perfect. So you know, we talked about creeks, right? Yes. You know what else? Creeks. The rusty remains. Of a Soviet airplane, Ilushin IL-76, or Antonov-12. You're never allowed to say anything about any transition, ever, ever. That was a good transition. Just just to clarify, what does a creek sound like? Yes. Hmm, Thank you. Come on, thank you. Uh, Creeks, creaky, creaky plane. That's the worst one yet. I say that every episode. Rusty, creaky plane. Anyway, let's hear more about your rusty, creaky plane. This... Soviet plane, the Antonov 12, for those who don't know their planes, is a a four-engine turboprop transport which was used by the Soviet Union, mainly used for paratrooping or cargo at 38 meters uh, wingspan. It has a range of 5,700 kilometers and top speed of 777 kilometers an hour. So you're kind of going, guys, what, what happened here? Why is there a plane? And there is a plane which has just randomly, randomly landed in um, Um Al-Koen, which is like a beach area, beach resort, uh, about in 1999 or potentially 2000. Mm-hmm. So huge plane, like looking at it now, and the remains of it are still parked that very day. So a lot of people are going, what happened here? Why is there a Soviet plane in the UAE? What's going on? All of that. So... Um, a few people have posted up YouTube videos of it landing, and there's some people saying that, oh my god, when I was driving, I saw a plane landing, and when the reverse thrust took off after landing, so much sand rose that the neighbouring highway disappeared from view. It was like a sandstorm. Well, yes. Well done. Good for you, for whatever props That's, would probably do that. Yeah. When the reverse thrust took off. I know, exactly. It's like, ooh, okay. Well, what's interesting is that the... Um, no tarmac, nothing like that. Uh, but we know that this plane can land in untarmacked um, um, mm-hmm. strips, which is great. But there were no hangars. There was nothing like that. So a lot of people are like, why is this here? So this plane was used in the Soviet Union, and then it was passed over um, to become a commercial cargo carrier for Centra African Airlines from 1998 to 2000. Um, mm-hmm. So it was an airline company which was headed up in the Central African Republic. Mm-hmm. And it had the registration number TLACN, which we'll get important in a second. Okay. Fast forward a couple of months later, where this lovely Soviet aircraft commissioned to be a carrier of, I don't know, some clocks or something random from Africa to other parts of the world. Clocks. Was was bought, I don't know, Zame likes, Zame that likes was your, clocks. That was your first thing when you thought of industrial cargo. Was I, I was trying to see what, what would cater to Zame's primitive mind and salt mines My and clocks. primitive mind and clocks. It's primitive. <laughs> I mean, what else Coming do you like? Maple, guy, okay, maple like leaves. Everything yeah, exactly, exactly. Maple, he was transporting maple leaves. But yeah, a couple of months later, this beautiful plane was then secretly sold to a guy, an individual called Victor Bout, who is okay. a arms, he's an arms dealer. So... Suddenly, this guy's got this huge plane, and uh, then as he was about to start flying it, he did a few arms deals, etc., etc., and then realized um, that the US, the European, and the UAE police were all after him, and then they found him in about 2001-2002, and he's currently serving a 25-year sentence in jail. So, he's gone, but the plane... Like, what do we do with the plane? What do we do with the plane? And what he decided before, when he knew that it was too late for him to escape, he said to the pilot... I need you to hide this plane 
but not anywhere. I want you to hide it and also kind of like pass it on to somebody who can use it as an advertising place or a placard or a billboard or just something where just take care of it, basically. What and a nice arms dealer. I know. He's yeah. like, right, guys, hang on to it. I'll be back. But the problem is that you can't really hide this huge plane. Um, so he couldn't find anyone to fly it either because one of the engines was broken and nobody wanted to take it because it was creaking and everything. And then Bout offered one of the pilots £20,000 and said, mate, just take it and hide it somewhere. So this pilot took it uh, and then flew it, engine sputtering and everything, and he managed to land it where it is now. And what's happened since then is Bout never came back for it because his sentence was a lot longer than what he thought it was. The pilot didn't really care about it, so it's just left there. And Barracuda Beach Resort saw that it was on their domain, mm-hmm. and they just if they just plastered their advertising on it, just as Bout wanted. Um, Smart. And it's just called Barracuda Plane, and it's got nests in its wingspans. Uh, it's just slowly, slowly sinking into the sand, and it just looks hilariously weird and slightly creepy, but it's slowly going to get lost to time, so... Do go and visit it if yeah. you like your big scary yeah, plane. That's pretty, that pretty is pretty interesting. interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. That definitely down for that. That sounds good. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. I mean, how annoyed would you be though if you come out of prison and that's what they've done to your yeah, plane? Yeah, exactly. It's sad. like, so guys, where's my plane? Oh, yeah, well, like I'm that, that. I only had one job, bro. <laughs> yeah, twenty thousand. Took the money and ran. Took the money and ran. Yeah, that's pretty poor. That is pretty poor. But have you guys seen the new antenna? What well, new antenna? The AN two two five. The the big one. Have you guys seen that? The the ridiculously big one. The one yeah. The one that's it's uh, the, yeah, the heaviest yeah, yeah, plane yeah. in the world. It's got like six turbofan engines on it. You yeah, yeah, I have. Stick a link that's up to that one as well. Yeah, yeah, that's massive but, for sure. Yeah, I think yeah, that one's ridiculous. That's cool. But okay, nice. That cool. was a nice story. Yeah. Um, well, and with that, actually, we are now um, kind kind of jumping over to special mentions. Just looking at the time as well. So um, I'll start with the special mentions if that's all right, because I want to talk to you guys about a an island which um, is called the Snoopy Island, um, which Snoopy has. Island. The Snoopy like Snoop Island. Dog? No, I thought it was Snoop Dogg, which is why I clicked on it. But it's uh, uh, Snoopy uh, the dog. <laughs> the dog. Yeah. So Fajera has a lot of islands, and on the uh, one of the islands is uh, Snoopy Island, which has a singular landscape, and it, it's called Snoopy Island because can I, can the I landscape. Just, can I just stop you there for a second? Can you try and do this with a bit more enthusiasm, please? It's so bad, though. Because you sound though. so disappointed so at me. Like it I was, was expecting it to be... Can you just like up it up okay. a bit? Bring a bit of enthusiasm into it. Come on, Snoopy is a good dog. Everyone do you like Snoopy. dogs? Oh, no. So, yeah. So, Snoopy Island. Yeah. It's a... Yeah. It's a... <laughs> okay. What's that about, Ali? So, there's an island in Fajera, in the Emirates, which has a landscape, and that looks like... Snoopy laying down. <clears throat> wow. You couldn't get there. I'm sorry. It's yeah. It literally looks like a landscape of Snoopy lying down. It's a great spot for snorkeling and spotting marine life. <clears throat> oh, any other special mentions from yourself? That was your special mention. <laughs> that was your special mention. I wanted you to hear the annoyance. Um, was we save that for last? <laughs> you took three minutes of our lives out for that. It's so. And honestly, when when I stick the link up, have a look at it. It doesn't even look like Snoopy laying down. <laughs> Oh, oh, it looks man. awful. I'm Why sorry, you... UAE. You have a lot of good things, but this <laughs> is not one of them. Okay, mine is Maysad Fort, which is an abandoned fortress overlooking the same area as the Jabal Hafid tombs. Um, <laughs> there's apparently no official entry. There's just some dude you have to talk to. <laughs> you have to talk to some guy to let you in. Um, but it's abandoned, Amazing. so you can check it out if you if you're inclined that way to explore some more creepy stuff. Brilliant. Um, I should explain that. 
first of all, shout out to my friend Anas Rashid because he gave me a list of all the interesting places that I should have talked about in this episode. Amazing. And also apologies to Anas because I did not talk about any of that and I instead focused on a clock and some trees. Hang on, Dave, you're telling me you had a list of like from an individual living in that space to who, which we could use to like... <laughs> and, and you, you thought talked... what I could do to top this is clouds. Oh my god. I mean, on, on the plus side, right, both of you did mention stuff on his list, like Al Ain, uh, Desert Camping, Gold ATMs, um, stuff like that. But the coolest thing on the list is an indoor ski resort in the Mall of the Emirates. Why didn't you talk about Why did, that? You, talk Why about did you talk about that? Why Probably. didn't you put the tree? I'm kind of regretting that now. It's special mentions. Oh my god. Oh my <sighs> yeah. <laughs> But it's 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 called Ski the Bay. It includes a two hundred eighty foot mountain that indoors that has multiple ski runs, so you can go skiing or snowboarding or sledding. It includes a climbing tower, an ice cave, giant snowballs, and a bunch of penguins that sort of wander around the resort, and you can hang out with them. You can hang out with penguins. You can hang you out talk with about a tree. What? Oh my god! Okay. And just to reiterate, this is a proper <laughs> ski resort with actual snow and a massive mountain inside a shopping mall in a country that's mostly desert. Then you're, you're just digging that hole deeper. You realise that? Yeah. We you apologise to your friend. In fact, if he yeah, wants to honestly, co-host with us next time, and you want honestly, to him, then honestly, give us a shout. Wow. This is a new low. This is a new low for the lockdown traveller. We had a list of somebody who is a local, <laughs> and we said, ah, oh, forget that. God. We're going to talk about trees. Um, wow. I mean, we ending it I, there? I, I, I we think ending we have it there? to. Uh, was, was there anything? Was there anything else on his list which you can kind of like bump up? The no, nah, that, that was that was the main stuff. Wow. So, so you can't apologies. even read his list. You can't. Well, okay, we are going to end the episode. A huge apologies to Zane's friend. A huge apologies to our listeners. <laughs> what we, a mug! Zane, we'll have a little chat with you after this. But we are now at the end of the episode. A huge thank you to all our listeners um, and our future listeners as well. And please make sure to subscribe to our next episode uh, on your podcast app thing, gentlemen. Um, and Zayn, we get there in the end. Wow. See you at the next one.